Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, he is Brute, and he's also Jacob Johnson, and... I am Brute, um, apparently. Yes. I, I shouldn't have had the apparently, because he just says I am Brute. I am Brute. So I am Brute. I am Brute. And uh, today's Literature Wednesday, we are discussing Chapter 3 in our book to round out the year of 2023. This is it, y'all. We are officially ending the year on a high note. Um, This is our second theological shower since the book two months ago. Um, And it's good. Dang it. It's uh, it's it is dropping some serious like, you know, facts, I guess, but also just yeah. like, wow, that's super interesting. <laughs> it's <laughs> revelation. At least for me. Yeah. At least for me in my chapter, in the section of my chapter I was given to read. Um, it's basically a defense of Christmas. Why do we celebrate Christmas? That's so kind of my I'm chapter. like, my it's part perfect. Of too. Yeah. 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 Um, this chapter is actually called, by the way, the book is God Rest You Mary by Douglas Wilson. Um, but if you're following us on any of our social media platforms at TRD Show, you already know that because that's where we post our calendar every month. So you knew that already, which means I didn't have to say it. But, you know, for some of you that have forgotten, I don't know how you possibly could, but let's just say, for instance, you managed to forget to follow us really on, on the any, any of the, pa- any of the, you know, social media pages we have if you just so happen i mean it happens i get it stuff falls through the crack but you know you should really really work on that you know at trd show on any platform you you could imagine really um so i mean but (laughs) i'm kidding of course because you're already following us so so you saw our calendar um and you see it every month which is great so that's the book (laughs) we're reading um and of course as you already know i'm i'm sure the chapters are there on the on the count, Jake, why do I even say this? I mean, I don't, I don't know. This. So this, ch- <laughs> okay. I'm not saying this out of desperation. We actually have a lot of followers on our pages. So this might actually be true. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> we have hundreds. Uh, That's awesome. That's cool. hilarious. We have literally uh, hundreds, <laughs> but, but we're growing. So, you know, <laughs> I think we can officially say we have a lot when we reach the thousand mark. So we've got a bit to go before then. So share it around. Um, But this lesson is lesson three. He calls them lessons. This is chapter three, lesson three. Celebrating Christmas like a Puritan. So much here. But before we get into all that, talking about why Christmas is so important, why the date exists, why we celebrate it when we do, and why we do so unashamedly, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. Wednesday means that the Jake Meister, Mr. Groot himself, takes care of that. So take it away. I think it's very cool. The Bruce allowed me to speak about the verse on the very last day of the year. The very last episode that we're going to be doing this year. I get to take the verse. So I everyone. Have one word during... for you, sir. Tradition. <laughs> <laughs> but also. Yes. Yes. You can do this. You know, no nah. pressure or anything. But you got this. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so during this entire winter break, uh, until we reach January, you're only going to remember my voice. 
speaking about the verse of the week. But what a great voice. And a verse of the week is Deuteronomy 4, verses 7 through 9. And and those verses say, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us, whenever whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that are that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from all from your heart, all children and your children's. Sorry, in all all your days of your life. I'm sorry. Make them known to your children and your children's children. That was a that was a butchering of that verse. I am. There are so a sorry. lot of lines, and sometimes yes. the lines get blurred. <laughs> yes. And again, that was Deuteronomy 4, verses 7 through 9. And I want to speak a little bit about laws, right? What what are laws? I think I, I was speaking to Bruce in the uh, pre-show. The fact that I, I feel like we have this misunderstanding of what laws are, at least we put a very low importance on it, because laws, well, I, I think we should have a higher importance of laws than, than what I feel that we have today. The The very fact that Laws happen to affect our lives and every part of our lives. So we talk about politics. We talk about what these people in Washington do. They're making laws. It affects us. It it does on a daily basis. You can say you don't want to be involved in politics. You can say all these things, but it it, it does affect you. It does change your life. Taxes. Yeah. You pay. Everyone pays taxes. That's laws. Those are laws. And those and those taxes are used to support the, those laws, those types of things that are put through, the enforcement of said laws. So laws are, are very important. Now, I would I would say, what what is one thing in your life that doesn't have some law of some obscure law written about it today, especially within today's age of America? So why yeah, law, as law Christians inevitable? Yes. Yeah. Law, yeah, law is inevitable. Every single nation, when it's founded, look at um, look at the very beginning of America. All of the um, all the Puritans, these Puritans who came over, um, into Plymouth, they had to write laws. They had they wanted to say, everyone share with everyone, put everything into this main pot, and everyone share with everyone. But no, that that didn't work. They had to make more of a system. They had to make more of this type of thing, but, and more biblically based. However, if, if, why do we as Christians put such little importance on focusing on God's law? Why this, this thing that directs our daily lives, why do we put such minor importance on it? God wrote us a perfect law book that we can use today, that we can use uh, as the Westminster says, in in its general equity, its general equity. I'm not saying we we institute the exact laws of Israel, but these are case laws that we can derive truth from, that we can derive our laws from. That's what they did at the founding of America with the Constitution, as we read in in uh, God and Government. So why why do we do this with our laws? Why do we put such less importance on them and say? That's a secular thing. That's a thing that the wicked can take care of. It's a very <laughs> large part of our daily living. Why do we just hand yeah. that over to the secular world? So. Yep. 
Yep. No neutrality. Amen. Yeah, that's that's a really great observation. And I think the really cool thing, you know, he was talking about that in the pre-show and the really neat thing he brought up. Um, I thought about it, just not in the terms that he thought about it in. And I was like, wow, that's a cool way of looking at it. Um, laws are inevitable. Laws are something that are inescapable. And so why the heck would we say, because you have to opt for one or the other. You have to opt for God's law or opt for not God's law, right? Yes, it is black and white, regardless of what postmodernism wants you to believe. And so why the heck would you as a Christian, as who someone who claims to be a follower of Christ, say, I'm okay with not using God's law for our nation, civil government? So, yeah. Um, greatly said. Thank you, Jake. So this chapter, chapter three, he, um, Douglas Wilson, delves into kind of taking head on um, a whole bunch of sides. Well, not sides, but angles of the same question, should we celebrate Christmas, <laughs> right? Um, this is a uh, popular question this time of year. And usually we all fall down on the side of, uh, of course, right? But not many of us fall down on the side of, yeah, of course we do, because there's a huge rich history and here's why. <laughs> right? We usually like, mm-hmm. no, 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 like, like, I don't believe in all that paganism stuff. I don't have to because that doesn't matter because Christ overcame it. That's a perfectly reasonable answer too, (laughs) right? That'll do. But we should also probably know why we can say that. Well, how can we say, you know, if it has pagan roots, shouldn't we at least understand it? And the, the other side that says it has pagan roots, we shouldn't celebrate it. They know their stuff, right? They've got their facts. They've done their study. They've done their research. Why shouldn't we? So it's kind of what this is, but also... He addresses so many other things in the scope of answering this question, too. It's not just that. So um, he starts right out at the beginning of this chapter um, comparing our the way we celebrate today to how reformers used to celebrate it and how the Puritans celebrated it, right, or didn't celebrate it, how they did, how they didn't which was fascinating to me, right? Because he's stepping back in time and saying, look, there's a huge, huge heritage here. There's a history. And everyone's like, oh, the Puritans didn't celebrate Christmas. They didn't believe in Christmas. They thought it was wrong. Mm. And a lot of things point to that, right? And they, some writings say that. But what he makes the case for is that, no, they didn't think Christmas itself was wrong. What they believed was the way it was celebrated at the time because of the Roman Catholic bloated calendar. That was what was wrong. And so we're going to get into that. He gets into that a lot more in this book, so obviously you should have the book. Um, (laughs) But here are the highlights. Quote, as Reformed believers, we have to proceed cautiously as we talk about any celebration of a Christian year. For example, some appeal to the stance of uh, some of our Puritan fathers on this question. Weren't they against it? Well, yes, uh, but also no. (laughs) And, And what exactly was it that they were against? The Puritans were certainly against ecclesiastical corruption. Much has been made of the Puritan opposition to Christmas, but more than a little bit of the problem was caused by how Christmas used to be celebrated, end quote. And that's what he spends a lot of time talking about, how bloated the year was in that Christendom, that early Christendom, right? Christendom (laughs) 1.0, right? It was an extremely bloated year. The Catholics took the idea, and I think somewhere in here he quotes, he says it was the middle medieval idea of if one is good, two is better, <laughs> right? Mm. One holiday is great, then we're going to 
celebrate two holidays. And if two holidays are great, then we're going to celebrate four, you know, just doubling until uh, he says something about you couldn't swing a cat without hitting some saint's day or other. <laughs> right? hmm. like, there were just, there were just so many holidays and they started to, to get so watered down. They didn't mean anything. Right. Um, he spends a lot of time. I'm not going to spend as much time as he does because he lays it all out. And it's brilliant. But I want to make you aware he spends a lot of time talking about Lent and talking about the calendar of Lent leading up to Christmas and or leading up to the resurrection. My bad. Um, and, and how important that is. And we'll get into that in just a second. I'll lay out some highlights. But that was a big portion of what I read here was, was talking about that. Um, but back to back to discussing Christmas before we get to resurrection day and Lent and all that. Um, he said, quote, if someone's conscience doesn't, uh, doesn't permit them to celebrate any day like Christmas, we should be sensitive to that. Feeling sorry for their captivity to overdone scruples is one thing, but binding them, making them observe the day or pressuring them to do so is not permissible. End quote. Right. So that's the, it, you know, if you don't put a stumbling block block in front of your brother, you know, the weaker brother, you need to be mindful of them, right? You need to not uh, hate them. You need to not force them to go against their conscience, right? You need to be be mindful of the weaker brother in the faith. They, they can't take that at this time, right? They're not quite grown to that, to that level. That's okay. Be mindful of it. Don't push that. Um, be respectful, Um but also know that you have a very reasonable um, reason for believing what you what you do. Uh, another quote that I thought was was really good. Um, he starts talking about some of the overgrown, encrusted um, this encrusted, bloated year. And what's interesting is that he he talks about um, how what came out of that year, what came out of the the reforming of that year was actually not just a random series of like, oh, let's throw this tradition in. Let's throw that when we're talking about Christmas. Oh, let's throw a wreath in there. Oh, let's throw lights. Uh, let's throw, I don't know. Let's throw this this big guy with a red hat and a red uh, suit. And uh, he throws presents at children. I don't know. Let's throw that in there. Why not? Right? Like, no, that wasn't how this thing called Christmas got started. That's not how it's been. Uh, collecting traditions, if you will. That's not... That's not it. There's actually a deep, rich history there. He stresses this on page 79, quote, But in certain notable instances, the reverse was true. For one great example, according to the story, the Christmas wreath custom did not come from paganism, but from a remarkable defeat of paganism. And he talks about Boniface and what he did. Um, you know, chopping down this great oak that was sacred to Thor and, and how the people would then um, celebrate that using fir boughs, right? Or these, these things that eventually we turn into reeds. We celebrate this chopping down of this uh, idolatrous tree. Um, and then for a second example, just continuing the quote, for a second example, the inventor of Christmas tree lights, non-electric, was Martin Luther. This is because Jesus is the light of the world, mm. quote. Mm -hmm. So, and there's plenty more where that came from. So um, let's see, just a few more quotes because we're a smidge bit short on time and Jake has a ton of stuff. So maybe I'll throw in one or two more and then. And they're all pretty good quotes that I have, if I must say. Nice, nice. I'm excited. Um, but 
he uh, he talks about this is again there's the distinction between Lent, which is the, the as he called the the run up to Easter. It's the preparation for Easter, preparation of the celebration of the resurrection. Um, but then the second big um, big festival, this big season was Advent, and that's the run up to Christmas, right? So those were the two main things that came out of uh, the medieval period, the church year. There's two big things. You had Lent and you had Advent. And both of them led up, one led up to, Advent led up to Christmas, which is the birth of Christ. The other led up to Easter, right? Lent led up to that day. Um, so those were there. And then, uh, let's see here. So there were there were quite a few things. He expounded on this a lot. Um, unfortunately, I just don't have time to get into some of those. That would be neat. But I'll wrap up with this last one, which is a really interesting thought because I hadn't considered this before, before reading this, but he said on page 84, quote, the, the incarnation was a glorious event and we don't want any diminution, um, dimin, diminution, there it is, diminution, we don't want to diminish it, there we go, I'm sorry, I can't words right now, it's late at night, I'm very tired, <laughs> we don't want to diminish the uh, incarnation, right? We don't want to diminish that celebration, but the resurrection of the Lord was what remade the cosmos. And we should strive over time to have our celebration of Easter far surpass the glory of Christmas. We are currently more than a little lopsided and we shouldn't try to fix this by reducing what we do at Christmas, right? So it's lopsided on the Christmas side. So we should be celebrating the other thing, <laughs> right? What came at the the other end of this miraculous spectrum mm. of the life of Christ on earth. We should celebrate that even more than just him as a baby, just him being born. That doesn't mean we diminish Christmas it means we keep all the glory of Christmas that we have now, but it means when we celebrate the resurrection, we should go even crazier than we do at Christmas. And so that's something we need yeah. to work on. We need to make that more of a season than we do. With that, I'll pass it over to Jake to talk about the other half of this huge chapter. Yeah, and I, I want to just go straight in and just get through all these quotes because I think they're all very great and give a good defense of the Chris, of, of Christmas. And really, in a sense, the whole Advent season. Because he talks a little bit of Advent, the, the period of Advent, which I'm not a scholar on what Advent it necessarily is, but I think what he means by Advent is this entire month of December, this entire area surrounding Christmas. Christmas and Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are these two days within December, but the entire month of December is the Advent season, right? This is a celebration altogether. So starting with on page 87, uh, Doug Wilson says, Socrates once famously said that the unexamined life is not worth living. In a similar vein, the unexamined holiday is not, is, is, is not worth celebrating. So this very fact that we, we should understand our, our holiday. We should understand why we do what we do. This is, we're examining this holiday. We're examining it for the reason. Why? Why do we do this? And I think if we do that, it will be worth celebrating. It will be something that we enjoy to do because there's a reason to it. There's a reason that we do it. On page 88, to continue, um, I think as a setup to this verse, um, is this very interesting verse setting up the fact of Christ being called a wine bibber, right? Christ was called, was, was, 
uh, accused of being gluttonous, right? Was, was doing too much parties and stuff. But as we know, it's Christ. It's, he wasn't doing anything wrong. So how, how do we get this idea of being a frugal Christian, uh, in this pietistic Gnostic sense from, from, uh, from Christ? So he, he goes into Isaiah. So on page 88, uh, Pastor Wilson says, as the prophet Isaiah prophesies the coming of the, uh, prophesies the new, the coming of the new covenant, he does so with the image of a glorious feast. The feast is prepared by the Lord of hosts himself. What kind of feast is it? He prepares a feast of fat things. He prepares a feast of aged wines, of meat full of marrow fat, and then some more aged wine. This is the picture we are given of the gospel, not a glass of room temperature water and a cracker. Uh, again, that was page 88. Quite clear. And he lists all of the verses when ma- when making these claims. So, and he, he references Isaiah 40. Uh, so, if you want to go to the book and read that for a little bit more context, that would be great because I won't provide that here. On uh, page 89, Doug Wilson continues, This period of Advent is one of preparation for Christmas. If we want to celebrate Christmas like Puritans, for that is actually what we are, this means that we we should prepare for it in the same way. Look at the whole th- look at the whole thing sideways, like Chesterton would. Here are some key principles, and so I'll continue listing through the through those two principles that he lists, so we won't uh, get confused. On page eighty nine, Doug Wilson continues: Do not treat this time as do not treat this as a time of introspective penance. To the extent we must clean up and do it with the attitude of someone showering and changing clothes, getting ready for the best banquet you have ever been to. This is not a time of, uh, as Doug Wilson says another time, uh, reflective introspection. Uh, Sorry, morbid introspection. There we go. Um, This is a time of putting off all of that old, but getting ready for something new, doing doing this in a way that is extravagant, amazing. We're cleaning up, but we're doing so to prepare for something bigger. So uh, now I'll just continue. I'll leave that there and I will continue on another, another quote. This quote says, celebrate the stuff. Use fudge and eggnog and wine and roast beef. Use presents and wrapping paper. Embedded in many of the common complaints you hear about the holidays, consumerism, shopping, gluttony, etc., are false assumptions about the point of the celebration. We do not prepare for a real celebration of the Incarnation through 30 days of Advent Gnosticism. This is, this is the birth of Christ. Do we celebrate this by being sad? Do we celebrate this by, with Gnosticism? No, we celebrate this with celebration, with joy, with happiness, with wine, with food, with presents, with abundance. This is a celebration. Yep. Okay. Page 92. The birth of the Lord began to be commemorated on the annual basis somewhere in the third or fourth centuries A.D., It is commonly argued that this was a takeover of a pagan holiday celebrating the winter solstice, but it just as like, but it 
is just as likely, in my view, that this was actually the other way around. Sol Invictus was established as a holiday by Aurelian in AD 274, and, sorry, 274, when the Christians were already a major force. So, who was copying whom? Again, that was, that was page 92, if you want to go look back at that quote. So, again, he's setting up the very fact that people make these claims about Christmas, saying that, oh, it was a pagan holiday and all these other things, but look at the history. That's not true. It was It was a Christian holiday first, and then it was turned back to paganism. Let's bring it back to what it really was. Bring it back to its full roots. Again, on page 92, and I'm, I'm just about done here. I have three quotes left. So I'll kind of take, take a little bit of time with these. If you have any thoughts, Bruce, please interject. But I will continue with page 92. Uh, Doug Wilson says, St. Nicholas, who was later morphed into Santa Claus, was a godly man known for his generosity to children. He attended the Council of Nicaea, AD 325, and at least one urban legend has him punching out Arius the heretic. Let's hope so. <laughs> I thought that was a very good addition to this whole discussion. The, f- yeah. the very fact of, of Santa Claus being currently in today's age, he is the icon of Christmas. But this person, this icon of Christmas in a pagan world, was Christian. This whole idea of Santa came from a guy who was Christian, who literally punched out a heretic. <laughs> Arius, a quite yeah. notable heretic. So, again, on page 92, I'm pulling a lot of quotes from page 92, but he went very strong in defending Christmas, and I thought it was amazing. So, again, page 92. In the, medieval, in the medieval period, in the 11th century, the holiday became known as its current name, Christmas. The Anglo-Saxon Chronicle gives us the first use recording something that happened in A.D. 1038. So he talks a lot about, I, I think, um, to add to this, he also talks about what this name, about this name. So everyone thinks that this is Christ's mass, and so everyone so everyone puts these bad connotations to it, and, and he discusses all of that. I think it's very important that we go back and look at that chapter, because he talks a lot about those types of things and really defends it hard. So please go look at that chapter. If you, if you have issues with things that I'm saying, or at least talking from, his, from what he's saying, go to the book, Actually, do your research before refuting us. Yeah. Please. I will end with... A bunch of middle-aged Englishmen. Thank you. I I don't even know where to... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) As a recent recent troll slash whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Tier 2, Tier 3 troll, like really not that good. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Tier 3 Yeah. Who I, I I suspect is is very much in danger of losing his job. Um, yeah, that that poor guy. He just has no idea how to troll correctly because that's. And I mean, if the person was actually trying to, yeah, to compliment us, we're sorry if we're 
in a sense, making fun of you. Um, we're not necessarily. Like, this is a bad making fun of if we are. Either way, if you're trying to compliment yeah, that's us, true. or if you're trying to troll us, it's just bad either way. Like, it's just bad either way. Yeah. Dance, yeah. pal. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pick a plot uh, line. I <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, but my last, yes, to continue on uh, page 93, uh, Doug Wilson ends with this. And actually, he doesn't end the book with this. It would be interesting. Sorry, not the book, the chapter. It'd be really interesting to see how he ends the chapter because he does very well on ending chapters in this book. Very, 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 very good. Uh, but this quote I thought I would end with because I love it. And it kind of gives a little bit of a jab uh, as Doug Wilson does. Um, but without my, me stalling, let me say this quote. Um, this quote says, Jehovah's Witnesses refuse to celebrate Christmas at all. They deny, and they deny the deity of Christ. End quote. So he's heading up the fact that they don't celebrate Christmas. They also don't, uh, they also deny the deity of Christ. And we can't use, and I don't know if we're using these people. I think not. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're attacking Christmas, but what is Christmas? What is, we're, it, okay, if, if it was a pagan, pagan holiday, which, again, Doug Wilson refuted that, it's not. But if, even if it was, even if it was, we've changed it to mean this, to speak about Christ's birth, to celebrate this in this time. And, and we speak, stalk, talked about in our Christmas episode, uh, post-millennial Christmas episode, the very fact that this, especially this time, is the best time to celebrate it. When there's darkness, when there's this darkness of snow and, and Christmas in this, in this sorry, snow and, and this time of, of um, darkness, there's really no other word to describe it. Cold. But cold, darkness, yeah. All this. Yeah. What better time to show the light of Christ? What better time to pull this tree from outside and show, put lights on it? Put ornaments of Christ's name. All of Christ's names. To bring all in the way through. all kinds of different animals and really warm them up. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To 350 then, degrees. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there it is. You got it. <laughs> uh, so... I, I don't have much else to say. I mean, <laughs> I, I think if, I think this yeah, is like it, it was is, an amazing ending to a chapter, and it's I, a great I love chapter. it. I mean, it packs a yeah. wallop. Um, and I was telling Jake at the beginning, I I didn't know how I was going to summarize my section. I don't think I did it nearly as well as he summarized his section. But again, we're summarizing here, right? We use that language mm -hmm. on yes. purpose because we're summarizing. So. You need to get your own copy of God Rest You Mary by Pastor Douglas Wilson. Um, great book. Highly encouraged. We're not sponsored. Yeah, there it is. There it is. We're not sponsored. One of these days, we will be sponsored by an actual book. Will we? Or not the book, but a publisher. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if we ever get sponsored. Why us? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. But it would be cool. Because then we can say. It would be cool. Not yet. Because they're sponsoring. I don't know. Maybe that would just. Maybe that would be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe they're Sponsor just recommending us, it because they're giving them money. I don't know. Anywho, it's a good book. You should get it. We're not sponsored, so 
we're telling you this because we just really like the book. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you can get it at canonpress.com. Also not sponsored by them, but wouldn't that just be cool? Dang it. Um, so <laughs> we hope you, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this. Um, there's lots more that can be said. That's why we only, and we only read two chapters. That's why there's, there's, you see all this, you hear that lots, lots of pages there to flip. So, um, read the rest of this, but we are taking a break. That's why we only read two. Um, we are only pausing for two weeks. Don't panic. There's no, there's no sound of sadness in my voice. Only because we get two weeks goes off. on fire because we stopped for two weeks. That's right. Believe me, during these two weeks are going to be the most action-packed when it comes to politics. Oh, darn it. Well, hey, maybe we'll drop some comments. I don't know. Who knows? But <laughs> there'll be lots of people talking, so you don't need us to talk at you. You get a two-week break. Um, but we thank you from all us. for watching, for listening, for this year. It's been a great year. Right now I sound like Trump. Been a great year. It's been huge. The profits have been marvelous. Been but winning too much. <laughs> You're Sick of winning so much. He doesn't have um, something I do, even I though I have the one chair. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it's uh, we we've enjoyed it, and uh, we're we're looking forward to the next book. We're probably well, hopefully, we're going to release the next book. We're going to start. Uh, in January, we'll release it before January. Get out the calendar. So be watching our social media pages for that. And of course, you're you're all already following us, which is awesome. At uh, TRD Show, at all of our social media's platforms: Gab, Getter, Facebook, Instagram. Am I missing any? I'm sure I am, but we're on all of all them, of course, because you're already following us on all of them. So thanks for doing that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and of course, you're all leaving reviews, which has just been wonderful. Um, so, you know, we appreciate those as well and, uh, liking and sharing our content. Actually, that one's not sardonic. We have a lot of that, which is just fantastic. So thanks for doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. It's been great. So I'm done. We'll see you in January. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. We hope it's uh, a good time for you and we'll see you in January. So thanks so much. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>